right. So we are making our way through Unit 4 of God's economics. Unit 4 is Babylon's treasure or Jesus' reward. And we are still working through point A, which is talking about Babylon and the world system and how people of this world function by trade, by the sword, and by survival of the fittest. But it's important to mention with all of the passages that we've read in this unit so far um, that God does not hate money or wealth or expensive things. Um, If he did, he would have to hate himself because he's the wealthiest in the whole entire creation. He created it all. He owns it all. He is the wealthiest one of all. Um, He even originally designed the world with all of these beautiful and precious things. Um, And he designed them to be abounding for mankind to enjoy as long as mankind was in alignment with him. You know, we talked about the generosity of God. He created the whole thing and then he gave it away as a free gift to mankind. So he wanted these beautiful things to be enjoyed. They were made for our enjoyment. They were made beautiful and precious. So God doesn't have anything against money. Money itself is an inanimate object. But the love of money, and money can become a spiritual force. So like mammon, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon is the personification of money as an evil force because of the evil things that the love of money can cause people to do. The love of money is the root of all evil, according to the word of God. But money is just a tool that makes it easier for people to do business with one another. God doesn't hate that. But once it has your heart, once your identity, once your mission in life, once your focus becomes and your objective becomes focused on money, then you have misdirected, you have missed the mark. That is called sin. Sin, S-I-N. I know people don't talk about sin much in the church anymore, but it's called sin. You have missed the mark. You are not doing things God's way. Your focus is not on God. Your focus is on something else. So, but God also, so in his original design, he created these beautiful, expensive things. But in the world to come, God will, again, you know, when after uh, Babylon, the whole world system is judged by fire, There will be a new heavens and a new earth, and God will yet again give all of creation as a free gift to the people who have been in covenant with him through the blood of Jesus. We are the saints. We are the holy ones. We are the ones who pass through the fire and make it to the other side to enjoy the world to come where God dwells with us forever and there's no more death, no more crying, no more pain. It's going to be awesome. But God in that, in the world to come, gives the very same abundance and jewels and goods and precious things and earthly splendors that Tyre had, that Babylon had, um, that they were trading it unjustly. They were functioning in it for their own exaltation, whereas God gives it as a free gift for the enjoyment of his beloved covenant people. So here's what the matter is about the heart. The approach of this world is to accumulate resources, accumulate wealth, accumulate assets for personal advantage. It's all about me, 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 me. 
right? The approach of this world is I need to gain it for myself. That's what Cain did. That's what Nimrod did. That's what everyone in the Babylon system is all about, whether they admit that to themselves or not. It's all about accumulating wealth for personal advantage, for security, for having a dominant position. You know, I know people, they're well-meaning, well-intended believers, and they know that times, you know, in the future are going to get tough. And so, They've gathered together all these resources that are going to last them for years and years. Why Why have they done that? Because when the economy falls apart, they want to be in a dominant position over other people, that they have what people want so that they can sell it for whatever price they want. And although this seems like a really wise idea, yep, there is a certain kind of wisdom to it. God will give you that credit, just like he gave credit to the Prince of Tyre. If that's the kind of credit you want from God, great. But that's not necessarily the kind of credit that's going to get Jesus saying to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. Now I'll give you much. Okay, that is worldly wisdom. That is for the approach of the world to gain dominance over other people, to put yourself in a position where you're over other people, where you're in control. You don't have to trust God and you get the glory and God doesn't get any glory. Do you want to Read more about that. Read Revelation 18 about the fall of Babylon. We read some of that in the last section, but um, you can read the whole chapter if you want. That's the approach of this world, and then ultimately the downfall that comes from just seeking personal luxury and advantage for yourself. However, in contrast, the approach of God's people, we receive freely from God. So we learn, you know, Jesus came, he shed his blood so that we can be blessed. Jesus fulfilled all of the requirements of the law so that we, even though we don't deserve it and haven't earned it at all, we freely receive by faith just because we believe in Jesus, we freely receive all of God's benefits. Okay? But all of God's benefits are given to us for God's purposes. And then because they're for God's purposes, and because they all come from him, he rightfully gets all the glory. So I know sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to use my gifts, skills, and abilities to glorify God. And it's like, okay, well, you just glorified yourself because you're saying that they're your gifts, skills, and abilities. But when you're really walking with God, When you're really deeply, your life is led by the Spirit of the Lord. You start to see the reason why God gets all the glory is because he actually did it all. Like, hello, you start to see, well, wow, I didn't really have much to do with that. Oh, 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 well, God just did that for me, and God just did that for me, and God just did that for me. So, like, yeah, I have a brain in my head, but God gave me that too. It is not, you just can't take any glory away from God because he's God. He did it all. And the deeper you go with him, the more you understand that it's not just, oh, give God the glory because you don't want to die like Herod and get eaten by worms. No, he deserves all the glory because because he's God. He deserves all the glory. So we receive freely from him, but we acknowledge that we received it freely from him, even though we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We got it from him anyway, and it's all for his purposes. And in that, when we really get that, God loves to bless and multiply his people. 
He loves to do it. But he he deserves the acknowledgement that all blessings and all wealth comes from him. And if we forget this, then we, like the Laodiceans were on the way to it, if we forget it, we have become like Babylon. Now, here's a warning. This is from the law. This is from the book of Deuteronomy. And this passage is often misquoted, and it's used by prosperity preachers. They read through half of one of the verses, and they don't finish it off. I'll I'll talk about that when we get to this verse. But I want to read this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is about keeping the commandments of God and remembering that God is the one who gives everything. This is Moses saying, when you get into the promised land, don't think that you got there because of yourself. You got there because of God. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 11. Take care. Take care. Lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, okay? So this is the abundance of God. God is giving the promised land. You have enough food. You've got plenty of food. You're full. You're stuffed to the gills. You've got a nice house. You live in it. You've got herds. You've got flocks. You've got silver. You've got gold. And the key word there is multiply, multiply, multiply. What did we learn about God's design? Everything in the original design of God was designed to multiply. One apple produces orchards for life, right? That is the design of God. Multiply, multiply, multiply. Okay, so God's saying, now you're getting into the land and you're going to go into a position where God's going to bless you and all you have is going to be multiplied. We're at verse 14. Then, Then your heart will be lifted up, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Okay, this sounds exactly to me like the prince of Tyre, like the king of Babylon. Are you seeing how this can happen even to God's people? You get all prosperous. This is like the church of Laodicea. This is the warning. Don't be like that right? So this is many, many generations different, you know, between that, between the book of uh, Deuteronomy and the book of Revelation. There's a a wide span of time, but biblically, the theme is the same, okay? Your heart gets lifted up. You forget God. No, I did this, right? So we're at verse 17. Beware, beware, lest you say in your heart, so God, again, he's reading the secret thoughts of the heart, my power, and the strength of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. That's where I'm going to pause and say that verse is so abused by prosperity preachers because they just like to say, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And then they don't read the rest of it. But what did we learn? We learned in, it was probably unit two, in biblical pictures of provision, that the point of the promised land is not your own personal prosperity and luxury. The point of the promised land is to put the abundance of God on display and to share, share it, share it with the rest of the world. The point of the promised land is not to make you look good. 
The point of the promised land is to make God look good, that he confirms the covenant that he made so that you are the covenant people of God and your life is so blessed in him that he gets so much glory that people from all over the world look and say, hey, look at that. I want to get connected to their God. What do I have to do to get connected to their God? Because they are really blessed. That is the point. That is the point. He gives you power to get wealth that he might confirm his covenant. Don't ever quote that verse just halfway again in Jesus name. Hallelujah. So now we're at verse 19. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you will surely perish. All right, we just come out of looking at the Prince of Tyre, the King of Babylon. They went to an end where God was like, yeah, let's see if you can stand up against this. You really think that you you did it for yourself still? Okay, God is saying to his own covenant people, you forget me, you turn from me, you worship other gods, and you also, just like them, will surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. All right, so I know we've said this several times already, but God is looking at the heart and the intent. So how wealth and possessions are obtained, it matters to God. It matters. God knows your heart. God knows your focus. Are you in this for glorifying him for the purpose of his kingdom? Or are you in this for your own advantage, security, dominance, and glory? Now, here's where it gets complicated because there are lots of people who are, you know, starting ministries and they have convinced themselves that they're in it for the glory of God, but really in their heart, they're still in it for making a name for themselves and not for God. That's a whole different subject. We don't have time to get into that. But here's the deal. God knows your heart. So if you are self-deceiving yourself, which you probably don't know because if you did, you would stop, but if you are one of those self-deceived ones who you like the th- this is a thing in the depths if the holy spirit is in you you know you know that your motive is not pure the holy spirit is in you going hello 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 listen to me listen to me listen to me and you're just hardening your heart to ignore the warnings of the holy spirit stop it Start listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, even though the way might look narrow or difficult or humiliating or like you might need to become poor for a while. Trust God. Stop exalting yourself. Stop chasing after money. Stop chasing after your own security, your own comfort. Sometimes following Jesus is very uncomfortable. Sometimes he'll send you to a place and you're staying in a place that you, the bed that you're sleeping on is very uncomfortable. But are you willing to do that because God created everything and the whole world? Or are you living so that you can have the best bed on the market with all these fluffy feather pillows and you never have to get a blister or go anywhere that's going to be the slightest bit uncomfortable for you? Or, you know, like it starts to get real really fast because God knows the heart. But let's break this down a little bit more. 
I've got several scriptures in the study guide that are from the book of Proverbs. Now, I love, L-O-V-E, capital L-O-V-E, love the book of Proverbs. It was one of the first things that I ever read when I had never even read the Bible. The book of Proverbs was one of the first things I read, and it struck me to the heart of like, wow, this book is great. So I've always loved the book of Proverbs. There are many passages in there about our relationship or a right and godly relationship relationship with money. So point number one, let's talk about those who are greedy for selfish gain. Those who, they're just always trying to make a buck for themselves. And anything that they do, they're they're thinking about how much they can make for themselves. So Proverbs chapter one, starting with verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us and let us lie in wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. So it's saying, hey, let's let's do this scheme because we're going to get rich off of doing this scheme. We're going to find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with the plunder. Throw your lot among us. So come on, join us. Like, we got a good thing going here. Come on, join in us. Like, look at how we're going to be so rich. You want to be a part of what we're doing, don't you? Throw your lot in among us, and we will all have one purse. So we're going to do this. We're going to build this great big pile of money, and we're all going to share it equally. Don't you want to be a part of that? Verse 15, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain." It takes away the life of its possessors. So when you're greedy for unjust gain, the schemes that you're scheming, they're all going to come back on your own head. They're going to blow up in your face. It is not going to be blessed. It is going to be cursed. And it might even be your downfall or your death. Okay, I don't know how any other way to say it, right? Being greedy for unjust gain, being greedy for gain, the love of money, the pursuit of money, chasing after money, it is evil. Evil. That's what it is. You don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to be in the Babylon system. And you especially don't want to be in the Babylon system, but doing it in the name of God or Jesus because you think that's okay. A second point. Plundering or oppressing the innocent or the vulnerable, just know for a fact that that is detestable in God's sight. It is absolutely detestable. So Proverbs 28, verse 8, whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. All right, so we talked about not charging interest to a fellow Israelite. You're allowed to charge interest to a foreigner, but not charging interest to a fellow Israelite, right? Or by making a profit, a steep, steep profit, making money off of other people, abusing them by making such a profit because you have what they need. Well, guess what? 
whether it is that you die and you leave an inheritance to someone who's going to give it to the poor, or whether it is that you then wind up giving it to charity because that will bring more glory to your own name, guess what? All that you, whoever, whoever, if that's the way that you are gaining wealth for yourself, it's going to wind up not in your hands, but in the hands of someone who will be generous to the poor, because that's what God cares about. And Proverbs 28, verse 6, it is better, better a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So we talked about before about the prince of Tyre, your wisdom became corrupted. Similar words were used for the king of Babylon. Your wisdom and understanding were vile and filthy. Your wisdom becomes corrupted. So it's better to be poor. You know, if that's too humbling for you or humiliating for you, it's better to be poor and have godly character. That's the gold that God is talking about to the Laodiceans, right? It's better to have the gold of godly character than it is to have the gold of this world that's obtained through ways that are displeasing or disgusting to God. Okay, another point, get rich quick schemes. They reveal a heart that is focused on money. It's misdirected. Anything that you're doing because you think, oh, yeah, this is going to get me rich. I'll get rich so fast. This is going to give me a huge profit right away. I hardly even have to work. This is so easy. A get-rich-quick scheme or a multi-level marketing and, oh, all of a sudden you're going to have all these people under you and it will just be building wealth upon wealth and you hardly even have to work. It just you're, It's a heart that is focused on money and not on God. That is not God's way of creating multiplication. God has many ways of multiplying, but it's not because the heart is focused on making money off of other people. So Proverbs 13, verse 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. So if you're in a big rush, you've got to make money, 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 money. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Proverbs 28, verse 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Whoever is faithful with little will be faithful with much. That's a Jesus saying that I'm inserting into the book of Proverbs. Okay, so now back to Proverbs. But whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. All right? If you're just in this, like, let me get rich as fast as I can. Let me get rich as fast as I can. Nope, it's not going to go well for you. And Proverbs 13, verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner, his wealth is laid up for the righteous. Hmm. So it's, it's better to be someone who is good in the sight of God, and that blessing will pass from generation to generation. But if you are evil or wicked or sinful or unfaithful, in the sight of God. That wealth is laid up for someone who will be pure and good and holy and righteous. Now, here's another problem. I've been to a lot of prayer meetings in a lot of places, and this scripture is another one that gets abused. This scripture is not to be used to pray that some, like your unrighteous uncle, that he dies so that you inherit all of his wealth because you're the righteous and he's the sinner. So the scripture says that the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I have literally heard that prayer prayed in many, many places. That is sick. 
That is sick and twisted, and that is not the way of God, okay? If someone is not saved, if if there's a sinner who has wealth, we need to, oh, this is a revelation, we need to pray for the salvation of their soul, not pray that something happens to them so we get their money. Okay, do you see how distorted and perverted that is? Please stop praying that. If you've ever used this scripture to pray a prayer like that, please repent. Please confess your sin to God and and don't pray that anymore. The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. You know what? In the greater picture of things, all the whole world is going to be judged by fire, and we will get the world to come. So all of the wealth of this world is laid up for the righteous who will enter into eternity with God. But that doesn't mean that we're—if you're praying for somebody else's wealth, that means that your eyes are on the money, not on God. All we need to do is focus on God. Okay, God has everything we need. God is sovereignly in charge and in control of all the resources of all the world. We don't need to look at some rich guy that we know and pray for his money and try to use the scripture to say, well, it's a biblical prayer. It's a scriptural prayer. I'm using the scripture. Don't do that. Okay, keep your eyes on God and what God wants you to have, you will have in his time. Work with your own hands. Don't become idle. Don't become idle and then try to work to get rich hastily or quickly. God is looking at the heart. Is your heart for him or is your heart on the money?